I understood that with music, I got to meet like so many people that are like from a different background, different field, or just like a different, I don't say social class, but just like different type of people that I would have never met if I just stick to whatever I was brought up in. So I think that my mission with music and everything was always being like trying to be a middleman between both worlds. Because I know that with the music, I'll be able to reach people that I would have never been able to reach if I was like having like the same career path as like my parents or the people I grew up with. And so I always felt that like if I'm able to reach them with the music and like connect with them, I'll be able to maybe lay their message to like the other people so that they can actually make a change into like whatever like development of the, our continent or whatever, just to change the world like and make it a better place. Hello and welcome to Design Unmuted, a podcast that centers marginalized voices in design, art, and all things creative. I am your host, Divine, a landscape designer and social critic. Hi everyone and welcome to Design Unmuted. My guest today is Landry Kigabiro, a good friend of mine, and I would like to invite him to introduce himself to the audience. Hey, um, yeah. Hey, everyone. My name is Landry Kigabiro, and uh, I'm a good friend of Divine. And um, my artist name is Kiga. I'm a DJ, producer, and all-around creative. I would say. And uh, yes, that's basically it. Thank you for being with us today. I also just want to say that the soundtrack that we use is actually produced by Landry. And I love that track so much. And maybe to start off, can you give us a little background as to how that came together and the, the process, uh, the creative process behind that? Wow, okay. Yo, thank you very much. Thank you very much. So yeah, the song is called Under the Sun. Yeah, I produced it with one of my good friends. And we always had the idea of like uh, creating a production duo because we really both enjoy like dance music in general. And I think as I started DJing, I always aspired to like become like a big electronic DJ. And to become that, you have to produce your own music and create your own music. So looking up to like DJs like Diplo, Calvin Harris, black coffee and all of them i was like super inspired and i was like yeah we need to build our own production team and like create our own songs so that we when we are djing we play our own music you know and create our own world and so that's why we created ozenit and uh, the idea about the first song under the sun it was like uh when quarantine started um everybody's just home not doing anything and uh, we decided to make a song about like just a song that like people that you can have that you can play when you're enjoying um like uh, a fun time like with your loved ones so whether it's like driving on the park or at the beach or something and you're just singing that song with your your friends so um, my friend sent me a loop he sent me like just uh, the beginning of the track. So it was a loop 
And he was like, yo, just finish it off, add drums, and do whatever you want on it. And uh, then from there, I added the, the drums. I used the loop, finished the beat. And uh, after that, I had to find like an artist that could sing on it. And I was thinking, yeah, there's this artist I really like in Toronto, and uh, I think the world should know about him. And um, funny thing enough, I didn't explain to him what was the inspiration about the, the beat. He just understood it directly, which is really beautiful that, you know, the synergy like connected so easily. So he just like wrote lyrics that just matched the idea of the beat so, so well. So I think that was, yeah, that was our first experience and that was our first track. And we're working on more tracks, but yeah, this one is the first one and it's just a feel good. Yeah, it's just a feel good summer track. That's the idea. Yeah, it's such a vibe. I mean, I love it. And uh, it's it's good to hear. I see. I thought that actually hearing the lyrics, yeah. that the lyrics would have come before. But like, it's it's beautiful that like when like the, so I, I'm assuming uh, Kafaye? Yeah. He's the, the singer, right? Yeah. He probably felt, he really felt it and like knew where to take it. Yeah, and especially that it was like everybody is in quarantine. So I think that the, the energy that we were all on was like kind of similar because just we were just locked in our house and we're all dreaming about like having fun with our friends, but we can't, you know? So I think that that really inspired the track. I think it's just the energy that we were all in quarantine, just stuck at home and wishing that it was summer and like we were out, we were out with our friends, you know? Yeah, well, uh, you're probably one of the few people who has such a beautiful silver lining of the the pandemic. <laughs> you made something so beautiful out of it. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's always like turning negative to a positive. I think creative side is always try to do that. Yeah, totally. And actually, I'm interested to know what got you interested in, uh, in music production and DJing? Like, when, when did that start? I think if you, uh, to understand that, you have to understand my life story a bit. Because I think that growing up, like, in the situation I was in, like, in the, like, growing up, like, mostly, in, I grew up mostly in Ethiopia. And um, the friends that I had was, like, a lot of, our parents were like in like expats and like diplomats and like I knew a lot of like people in like into politics and like doing those type of things. And uh, with music, when I really understood that I loved music and I understood like what was my mission and my purpose, it was like I understood that with music, I got to meet like so many people that are like from a different background, different field, or just like a different. I wouldn't say social class, but just like different type of people that I would have never met if I just stick to whatever I was brought up in. So I yeah. think that my mission with music and everything was always being like trying to be a middleman between both worlds. Because mm -hmm. I know that with the music, I'll be able to reach people that I would have never been able to reach if I was like having like the same career path as like my parents or the people I grew up with. And so I always felt that like, if I'm able to reach them with the music and like connect with them, I'll be able to 
maybe lay their message to like the other people so that they can actually make a change into like whatever like development of the, our continent or whatever just to change the world like and make it a better place in general so i think i always yeah. wanted to use that as like my creativity and like the music and just to reach as many people as i can and, I, and then at the end like be a middleman between the both worlds you know? That's so beautiful. I think that's so I think that's what attracted me to music because I I met so many amazing people that I would have never been able to meet if I was just doing normal things. So it was just a way to rebel against like everything I was taught, and at the end I yeah. got to meet like and understand the world a lot better that most of the people around me didn't understand. You know, so I think that's what like took me and made me become like like that yeah i can definitely uh, see that international influence from your playlist yeah. because i don't think from any other playlist that i i listen to somebody's able to bring together almost such an eclectic mix yeah and and obviously you wouldn't be able to even like kind of like your the horizon of your mind to to even think about like how to bring those things together if like you say if it wasn't for your life experience and sometimes i also feel like when people ask me so what kind of music do you listen to i'm like oh my gosh like <laughs> you don't understand like i <laughs> you'd think i have multiple personality disorder <laughs> because yeah. it's like you know when you grow up in so many different places it really uh, influences everything and yeah and and i think that's why i i love your mixes so much like there's such thank a vibe you, thank, you, thank you thank you very much yeah i always try to reflect everything that i've been through or like my life experiences and everything that i do and i think that yeah yeah it's a beautiful process to understand like to see like to to imagine something and make it happen is just a beautiful feeling. Yes, it is a beautiful and hard thing. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you for putting this into the world so we can all enjoy it. I, I also wanted to kind of touch base on the one thing you said that you wanted to, to bridge um, both worlds of kind of like um and and like, correct me if i'm if i'm wrong if i understood it wrong like yeah. the work that your parents were doing as expats and like almost this kind of creative um side and kind of yeah. like trying to find your ground in that yeah. Yeah. and i know that um for a lot of us uh we come from a culture where like our parents don't sometimes have a hard time understanding artistic pursuits yeah. And I want to know what your experience was that for you, um, and and if it's not too personal to share share with us, like how how your parents um, kind of perceived your decision and still pursue that, and how you navigated uh, those kind of conversations. Uh, with my parents, is very it was very easy because. Uh, my sister did everything right, so I had one big sister. I have one big sister, and she did everything right, so it, she does it indeed. Always, <laughs> yeah, so it it left a lot of room for me to do 
everything I wanted because all they wanted to see is like for me to be happy. So they try to understand, but most of the time they don't really understand, but they they support it. So like they keep right. pushing you and and saying, yeah, keep doing it. And they ask you questions about like, oh, how did you do that? Or what are you doing now? You know, but overall, I, I know they don't understand it, but they really support it because they know that's what I love. And I've always mm-hmm. been like very stubborn as a kid. So they know yeah. that like, I don't compromise anything. If I believe something, I'll just go to the fullest. So they rather not like disturb me disturb me so like they know that yeah they know that it, it won't nothing is gonna change so all they do is like making sure they check up on me if i'm happy if i'm good if i'm because they know that i have zero survival instinct because if i believe in something i'll put everything on the line not eat not sleep not do anything so they have to just check on me be like ah did you sleep today did you eat so everybody is really paying attention to me like in general my whole family like they're really supportive and always checking on me just making sure that i'm still eating i'm still you know yeah because they know that i'm able to compromise everything just if i I, i'll do anything to to get where i want to be and i'll not compromise for anything even if it means like starving not sleeping (laughs) being homeless that i'll do it as long as like you know I'm you know what? I, I mean, I love that spirit, but it's also not healthy. So <laughs> it's, it's not healthy at all. It's definitely not healthy at all. But I think in general, I would say I, I I'm getting better at it because yeah, because of as you grow up, like you can't just take the same risk. But it overall, yeah. So what's what's this. been the biggest risk you've taken so far? Like, what's the wildest thing that has happened to you? Because you were so into like the creative process that you you forgot or like you neglected um uh, so first of all the first project i made was like uh i made an ep that was mm-hmm. like a a blend of like uh brilliant music and like modern i would say like modern touch to it and uh, I almost finished it. I worked on it. I invested, I don't know, like almost, I don't know, probably like $10,000 on it. And it never came out. I never put it out. I never really actually finished it. So I would just, so those are, and those type of money was like, you know, some money that mm-hmm. I didn't, I could have used for like yeah, things that, you know, I was just yeah. eating and just, doing what I was supposed to do. So that was like a, a big sacrifice because I, I put all my money effort into it and I just gave up on it. So I think the wildest mm-hmm. is probably that because the rest, I don't, I don't really do no wild, wild shit, but I think I know my yeah. friends are scared of that. So they always check mm-hmm. up on me, but just like doing it full time and not necessarily like having like, always income coming in but that can be scary but yeah i always gotta figure it out yeah totally so this ep project are you thinking that you might revisit that because now i'm very curious to hear it yeah i might revisit that yeah i might revisit i might revisit that but not at the moment i think that the energy that i'm on right now it was like a very i was in a very dark space when i was doing that 
and I'm yeah. kind of joyful now, so I don't I don't want to go back to to that until sure. it's the right moment and I can feel like at least I can be in control of my emotions and not go back sure. to that dark space. I can still it can be dark, but it still be like a happy moment. Right, right. Not totally. And so what kind of things have you been working on uh, right now? Uh, right now I'm building like, um, so just like I was telling you, I like to, because I don't compromise and I just want to build my own world and just do me. I created a yeah. company called Perusa. Mm-hmm. which is like a collective of like-minded people. So people that I work with, whether most of, for now it's all, uh, I'm, I'm doing it with two DJs, but hopefully like as I, as it grows, uh, every collaborator will go through the, the company. So mm-hmm. it's, um, we do events, um, we're a music label. Yeah. And then um, we want to get into like doing more events and then promotion of like like-minded artists because and just build the whole brand together and also just build a strategic brand partnerships just to grow the brand. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, maybe own a venue. Um, right. Yeah, just kind of all of that, like just so I can have a space where I can put all my imagination to the test and just put it out to the world through that company. Right. I, I've been uh, following uh, on social media some of the events you put on and man, <laughs> I'm like, I was really looking forward for like last summer because I was in school, like it was so intense. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go traveling, but I'm going to make a stop in Toronto and like, come and visit you guys and then like make sure I attend one of those parties because they look so fun. It is very fun. Very, 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 very fun. To be honest, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. It's been a year now. Wow. Yeah. It's very tough, but it's been, they're very fun. Very, very, very fun. Yeah, no, it's incredible. I think you have an incredible vision and actually, um, can you talk a little bit more about Cruza, just in case, like, maybe some listeners might want to get in touch or support you in some ways? You say you want yeah. to um, work with like-minded artists. What what is that mind? What is what is the kind of like ethos behind Cruza? Oh, uh, so Cruza is like it's a it's a word in um, Zulu, and it means like mm-hmm. the act of making something that makes you happy. So I think the that's the the that's the the base and like everything is about like having people that are willing to do whatever they that makes them happy, whether you're a visual artist or a, a musician or whatever type of art that you make, and that's what makes you happy. We're we're trying to build a platform for everybody to to showcase whatever makes them happy, and just by and try to bring more joy into the world and just create and create our own world. So I think that because I'm in I'm into we're into music and we do parties and stuff like that, we'll probably collaborate more with like artists that are musicians and stuff like that. But as we're building more content, we'll need like, you know, photographers, videographers to create the content that we need to 
to build the brand. But um, yeah, we're working on the website for now. Um, but um, we're mostly on Instagram so and Spotify. So it's just Cruiser, K-U-R-U-Z-A. You can just follow that. And if you have like any creative idea and maybe if you're interested in doing a creative project in Toronto, you can hit us up. And uh, yeah, we can figure figure something out. Yeah, I mean, uh, from from the events that you put on, like your mission to bring more joy, that is definitely been accomplished. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it's so it's so deep because um, there's always kind of like the way I see it, kind of like Afro music, kind of centered. Yeah, and being away from home music is the kind of like the closest thing that makes me re- like remain connected yeah, yeah, at, a, at like a very deep visceral level yeah. and so when you do that and bring that um to the world and like through that also bring people together i think it's like an incredible an incredible thing yeah it's really an amazing feeling and especially in a city like toronto where it's like everybody brings their own culture it's a very a, a city it's not like when you go to america you become an american like uh, you just act like the people there i think in canada mm-hmm. and in toronto specifically there's so many different cultures it's a cosmopolitan city and everybody brings a piece of their home and it's just it's just the perfect place to build cruiser out of because there's so many different cultures and everybody has like something from their own home country and they bring it to the city and they add it to the just the the melting pot to it and it's just like wow you're just like whoa it's like a mosaic yeah. like everybody has their own like they're building they they build, they have their piece of the puzzle of the city and it's just right. like wow you have that jamaican that barbados the guys from the island they have the the east asians with sri lanka filipino yeah. And Africans from different parts. And you're like, wow. So when you all see the people at Cruiser that like come from all these different parts and all enjoy, we all enjoy our, the music. And there's no right. bottle service. There's no VIP. So like everybody is on the same level. Nobody is like, yeah, oh, I got my boot or whatever. No, no, no. We yeah. All, we dance well. we, they fight everybody. We're just dancing. Like, yes. <laughs> But like, yeah, it was a, it was, it was very important for me to like not have a bottle service thing and not having, yeah, no VIP treatment and stuff like that because yeah. it's important. if you're trying to bring people, if you were trying to be inclusive, like you have to make sure that everybody is on the same vibe and same totally. frequency. Yeah. Oh, and we put I the mean, DJ I need to make middle. it. Yeah, we put the DJ booth in the middle, so the, in the middle of the dance floor, so like. The, the DJ is not on the stage or something. No. The, right. The so the, the people You're a part are of the party as well. Yeah. People are just all around us. So it's just, it's a beautiful feeling. I miss it. I miss it. I really miss it. I, oh, hope that I, I really hope that we get our health situation back, back in order so we can like be gathering again because that's definitely on my list. Yeah, I can't wait for you to come and see this. It's gonna, it's gonna be an amazing experience, I'm pretty sure. 
yeah, it's going to be like, you know, back in the day in Addis when we used to go <laughs> partying <laughs> yeah, until six in the morning. <laughs> yeah. No, but here you can't go after three, it's done. But yeah. yeah, that's the thing. So what time yeah. do you do you start then if you want the, the night to kind of like last? We start at 11 and then we finish at three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 I think that even if we're man. old now, I don't think I don't think we could do the six a.m. Still, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, you can. When you go back home, don't you go partying <laughs> until six? I don't know if now I can still do it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. Now, I've it's, always, now it's I've, rough. I've always been an annoying person too because I I want to go to the bed at around four or three. So I used to be. <laughs> I used to be a complicated so this, this for you. Yeah, yeah. Because I like to be early, like wake up early. So in general, I like to sleep around 2, 3, so I can be up at like 7. Oh, that is not enough sleep. No, I'm saying in general, like, even if I sleep late, I'll wake oh, up Oh, right. Still but wake up in general, early. I sleep like early. I sleep early. Like 10. Nice. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to ask you when you mentioned the the name of your company. Yeah. I wanted to ask you if, like, uh, you know, like what Kigabiro means. Yeah, Kigabiro means uh, yeah, Kigabiro. It comes from the word Kugaba, and uh-huh. um, so it's just like somebody that I think the idea for my dad was that uh, he gave me a name that he wanted me to be generous and give with a noble heart. So that's what like, yeah. means. But it was also a tree that the king used to plant in the different part of the country and even in his palace. And that was like that tree where like people would go and have conversation about the community and stuff like that. And since I'm the first son of the family, he wanted me to be the Kigabiro, like the, the tree where like, you know, I. I would be like bringing the family together and uh, being generous with a noble heart, you know? And I think that's my mission too. Like I I put it part of the, what I'm doing. I think that I'm doing my job very well. And my my dad named me very well. Yeah, you're living up to it. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I when I was doing my research yeah. for my thesis project last year, yeah. I came across that word. Um, yeah. And I was like, what a power. I was like, yo, that kid has a powerful name, yeah. you know? And uh, and apparently when the king passed away, they would also plant a forest in their in the honor. Yeah. And it would also be called Ikigabiro. Yeah. And so yeah, it's just it's just incredible. And uh, yeah. you you have you have a, a good a good name around you and a good sense of direction. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that everything, I feel like, I used to tell my mom that, like, I feel like I, I lived this life before because sometimes I, it's, I feel like it's not me making the decision. It's just, like, some, like, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, like, every decision, I feel like it's a higher power that's, like, making the decision, and I'm, I feel like I'm not really living it because it's things that are yeah. coming to me and not me taking the decision of like going to find it so it's like really right. weird you feel like i lived this life some time before and i don't know it's kind of weird is it like a spiritual 
spiritual kind of yeah it's a very process. yeah it's a very spiritual process and just feeling of not not being sure if it's you really making the decisions or like everything aligning for you to get somewhere it's just the combination is very 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 weird but that's all that everything that does spirituality play a, a role in your creative process? It plays a huge role because if I'm not feeling it spiritually, I, I'm not doing it. If the spirit is not aligned to what I'm doing creatively, it's, I don't really get attached to it. So I think that just like the fact that when I sent the beat and the guy understand it the same way as I did, I feel like that's a yeah. spiritual connection. So that's already right. very spiritual. So everything I try to attach it like spiritually. And I put that, I think, yeah. I know that everything happens for a reason and everything just is, is bigger than me. Right. Yeah. Who are your biggest kind of influences uh, right now or throughout? I think uh, I think my dad is a big inspiration, but in terms of mm -hmm. artistic, um, I would say um, I love a lot of different people for different reasons, but. Right. Um, I would say uh, there's a lot of a filmmaker, a lot of filmmakers that I really like. Like there's a filmmaker from uh, Senegal called Usman Semben that uh -huh. I really, really love. Because every time I do even beat or music, I always watch movies without no sound or nothing. I just watch the visuals. And, Interesting. Uh, Usman, Usman Semben is one of the guy I watch his movies like all the time without no sound because most of the movies are in Wolof anyway. So you need the subtitle right. to really understand. So sometimes I just want to see the vision without hearing what's going on. And there's also this um, Ethiopian filmmaker, his name is Haile Gerima, that, mm -hmm. that makes movies. And both of them, they came in an industry that we, we didn't exist in. So Usman Semen is one of the first African filmmakers. And the way that they created their art without like, they make art without acknowledging what's really going on in the world. They just make it for them and to exist. So I think I always mm -hmm. connected with people that are able to, that just want to exist and not fit in, you know? So I've always been attracted right. to artists that are like creating their own lane, paving their own way, and just uh, creating something for that they believe in and not trying to fit to any standard. Right. So I think those two are like people that I look up to a lot because even though I put their video on loop all the time because I just love yeah. the way they film it. The story they talk about, uh, it's just like, wow, it's just beautiful. So I think, yeah, those are the guys that I'm really inspired by. But I'm also inspired by a lot of DJs that are doing electronic music, whether it's Black Coffee, Diplo, mm -hmm. Calvin Harris, all of them are just people I look up to. Yeah. 
I think it's so incredibly interesting. Yeah, and Jay-Z as a businessman, that's somebody that I look up to. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that film, especially film with no sound, is such an inspiration to you because you then, your work is very like sound oriented. Yeah. So it's really interesting that like your inspiration comes from just visuals. Yeah. Huh. It's a but feeling I'm trying to, to recreate the feeling of like what I've seen. So it's like Yeah. It's really interesting, yeah. Yeah, no, I I uh hmm. That's that's really cool. It's really cool. And so do you th- so you were saying that like uh those two filmmakers you mentioned that they yeah. kind of made something just to kind of reflect themselves mm-hmm. and yeah. like there were there wasn't um really just wanting to exist without needing to fit in. Do you think that when we, in terms of the African continent, or maybe even specifically Burundi, that the field of uh, music production and DJing, is that something that you feel has really taken and kind of is existing in in a very kind of like authentic way? I think it's very hard to to be authentic in an authentic way in Burundi because I feel like um, the radio and everything that they see is like, uh, like for example, at the moment is the Nigerian Afrobeat sound that's like really the the main sound that like inspires like African kids in general because that's all they see on TV, that's all they hear on the radio. So Mm -hmm. technically they they start emulating what they they hear and what they see. So like Mm -hmm. they're not exposed to that much different art, so they don't really take a risk of like really understanding and being attending. But there's always like some some genius that are like really like doing their own thing and that, that stand out and but I don't know how commercially they're like received. I don't really know what's going on. But I think that um, you just gotta keep searching. I think even if you copying somebody at that moment, at some point you're gonna figure out like who you really are. It's like by practicing because like even every producer, every time they start, they they tried by recreating a beat that they hear. So you recreate that first because you're like, wow, this is so good. I'm going to recreate that. And then right. as you grow as a creative, you start finding your authentic self. And I think that as long as like we encourage like people to be creative and just do arts, and if they're successful and they see uh, it as like being a, a career, yeah. They will find a way. They will find a way <laughs> to be authentic no matter what. But at the moment I haven't I haven't really seen like some artists that I feel see that like he has a different sound. They all sounding like, you know, whatever Afrobeat sound is popping at the moment, you know. Yeah, and I think that's also one of the reasons why I appreciate your mixes so much because it's not 
the conventional, typical Afrobeat that is kind of like very kind of like centered around and not just Western, Western African music, but like you're like you're saying, like this Nigerian Afrobeat. Yeah. And there's like, there's so much more like the landscape of music on the yeah. continent is so large. Um, yeah. But I think the way that it's been disseminated, it's kind of been centered around this one, this one language. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I still love it, but there's, there's so much yeah. more to it. Yeah, definitely. And I think South Africans are the best example, you know, because even if you look at the progression of the music, they started by emulating the funk and the disco vibe from America. And then they created mm. their own genres like the bubblegum. And then it became Kwaito, which was more authentic to the street. And then it became house music. And they created their own, own world. And I think it's just by encouraging the, the youth and the kids that, to make the art. And from there, they will find their sound and their... They go, they're going to mix all their influences and by then they'll find an accepting something. But it's hard yeah. because if the radio is not playing you, where, how are you going to be successful? And if people are not ready to hear that music because they're not used to it, how are you going to sell it? Yeah. So you always yeah. have to, you have to find a way to please people a little bit too. So Yeah, there's definitely a tension. Yeah. So if at the moment the Nigerian music is being good, everybody's making the same sound, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, between getting paid and being creative in the way that you truly want to be, you know? Yeah, it's, it's there's, tough. there's always that question. Yeah. But I think it's just uh, about sticking to your vision. It's not about, like, uh, it's more like, you try it out, and whatever you try out, even if you fail, you keep going into that direction. Because I feel like um, people love consistency. They like, okay, if you that first song, you did it that way. The next song, do it the same way. Even though if that first song, only two people like that, if the second song, the same two people like it, they'll go tell their friends, oh, yeah, this thing, thing, thing. They'll defend it for you, not even you defending yourself. So you just got to focus on that small core group and be consistent yeah. with that small core group. So instead of like trying to fit in at the beginning, just stick mm. to your vision. And if it's only 10 people that love it, just know that focus on those 10 people, put all your energy into those 10 people. And those 10 people are just going to be your soldiers. So those are the guys that are going to be your soldiers and defending your idea so always focus on like whoever the small core group is is your fans or like they love what you're doing just keep them on your side and be consistent with them and like focus on them and then from there they're going to tell the other world that what's going on but i think the other people they come and start and they fit in and then after they're like ah, i want to go in a different direction but then you lose the people that loved you for the other reasons. So it's like, if just sticking to your plan, be like, yo, this is what I want to do. I'm just going to stick to this. And no matter what, if I fail and I fail. So it's easier for you. Yeah, I think that's the, the goal. Yeah, that's like a micro drop moment right there. It's, that's, that's so key. And it's so counter, 
culture to this kind of like big social media or get as many people to follow you or like or whatever, where it then becomes about this external pleasing as opposed to staying true to your creative process and vision. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think that's definitely key and it's sustainable in the long run and even sustainable for yourself. Yeah, definitely, especially for yourself. And it becomes sustainable because at the end all you need is like a thousand people supporting you a hundred percent. And you you should be able to, to be good, you know? Yeah. Because if it's a million people that just support you one time, but then the second time you don't, then you're just dead. But if you have a thousand people, they buy your CD, they buy your T-shirt, they buy your thing, that's sustainable. You're able to pay all your bills with it. And that's that's enough. Totally. So you just got to find thousand people that are like supporting you till they die. And then it should be fine. Nice. You only need millions of people. And actually talking about support, how would you like for people to support you or people who are in your industry? Um, supporting. I think it's just like, if you like it, share it. And uh, feel free to also feedback. Like, even though sometimes I might not like necessarily uh, agree with it, but having conversation about Whatever I'm doing is is very helpful because just having conversation and just we I not agree, but it's always good to hear back from other people saying, "Oh, I love that. You should do that next time, or maybe do this." So I think feedback and just following whatever, and then following like on Spotify, on like Instagram, and if you like it, sharing it with your friends. That's the best way to support it in general. But people in the industry. I don't know exactly how they can, I don't know. I think it's the same thing, like just supporting and just saying that you appreciate something or you don't like this and that and you should do better on that. I think that's that's basically the best the best thing you can do. Right. And kind of like as the last few questions, I want to ask you, what's been the hardest part of your creative journey and endeavor in this? I think the hardest part for me was uh, believing in myself, like in a sense where, because, you know, when you're, when you're in a creative field and all your friends are like having like nine to five jobs and like they have like their certain situation and uh, you talk with them, like their, their worries are like way, way different. Like there for them, they're like, yo, the, the paycheck is coming in two weeks. I know what I'm gonna do. So there, there's a certain level of comfort, and the the certain way that they see life. That sometimes you think you're crazy because those people are like, you you're like putting your life on the line and just believing in your own self and believing in your thing. And uh, at the same time, you're like, bro. Maybe I should, life should just be easier. Let me just go get a job, just pay my bills, and and then it will all just be done. Out. I don't have, to, yeah, like it will be so much easier. Like you don't have to take any risk or think too much or not being able to sleep because you know you don't. Sometimes you're you're just questioning yourself all the time. You know, 
So I think that energy, mixing those two energy was very, very, very hard. Like in terms of like just having normal relationship with people because every time they talk to you, you feel like you're just crazy. You just make it, you have to make it simple. And you start doubting yourself. Yeah. So I think the the hardest part is just staying true to you and just being, believing in your vision at all time, at all costs, at all. Just focusing on you and not letting the outside world dictate what you should do, you know? So the hardest part, the hardest challenge is sticking to your your vision and just believing in yourself and not letting other people influence how you're thinking or what you're doing. Because that's the... And I think it's going to be hard for the rest of my life, you know? Because every day people are in your ears saying something and you're like, ah, ah, ah. Just got to quiet them down. Yeah, you just got to quiet the noise and just focus on you. Have tunnel vision and just be like, boom, now this is... I know where I'm going. I'm going to go there. And that's been the hardest part because there's so much distraction in this world. Oh, my God. Every day, they tell you, yeah, you got to make money. You got to make money. Because if you don't make money, you can't enjoy life. You can't. So every day, you're just like, mm, what should I do? But you got to be, you got to figure it out and just keep going. Being stubborn like I am, and just believing in yourself. So I think it's really hard to believe in yourself in a world where we live in, especially with social media. A lot of people are not able to do it because every time you see somebody on social media, you start becoming like them because like that's all you see all the time. So being authentic is just super hard. It is, but it's so key. Yeah, so I think that was the hardest thing. Other than that, there's not a lot of challenges. I can, of course, like the challenges of like finding money for doing whatever you want to do. But I think that like everybody, like that, it it depends on also the country you live in. It depends on a lot of different things. But in Canada in general, I think that there's enough support for you to have the creative side taken care of. But... You can't just do big, big, big projects, but you have to do everything gradually as you gain more experience. Like people know who you are. As your brand grows, people will invest more money into your projects. But at a small scale, like I think Canada is is very, very helpful in general for creators. Nice. And my last question is if you could imagine, like, a situation where you have like your your vision and your dreams are like have come true for yourself what does that look like uh i think it's just all of you want at the end of the day is freedom so having freedom is the luxury of life is having doing things on your own time at your own pace so i think for me the moment I'll say I'm successful is that I'm able to like actually spend more time with like my family and not having to be stressed and be like, yo, I have to go to work at night. No, I have the time. I can just go. If I want to do the project in one month, I do it in one month. If I want to do it in 10 years, I do it in 10 years. I just have enough money to do things on my own time, on my own pace, on my own. Yeah, just my own terms, you know? Yeah. 
So that's for me, that's what I call freedom, just being able to have options. Because in this world, like, we, we, we make it seem like we have choices, but we haven't survived. And sometimes surviving, it doesn't give you choices. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Design Unmuted podcast brought to you by Divine. If you liked what you heard, please rate and tell your friends about it. You can subscribe so you never miss an episode. Find me on Instagram at Ramesha Design Unmuted and also on my website at www.rameshadesign.com. The track you're hearing is called Under the Sun by Kafaye, singer-songwriter and produced by Ozenit or Zenith by Kiga and Saint-Jean. Enjoy.